This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And are you missing the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. You can get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv or call 800-873-1620, 1-800-873-1620, republicmagazine.tv. As we get things rolling here, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, it was a big day here in Keene, New Hampshire, as Sam wrapped up the uh, trial about the whole being arrested and thrown in jail for 58 days. That trial wrapped up today. Um, Sam's Justice here. is so swift. With us, we'll talk about, yeah, this happened back in April. Uh, so we'll talk about that situation, uh, but we're going to start things out here with the guys from the Motorhome Diaries. Uh, I believe Jason, uh, Pete, I'm not sure who's on the phone tonight. Who, who do we have tonight? You, you have all three of us tonight. It's uh, Adam, Jason, and Pete. Excellent. Uh, the the Motorhome 3 are with us, and of course, MotorhomeDiaries.com is the website. You can follow their travels across the country as they uh, go from place to place, meeting all kinds of liberty-oriented people, uh, video-blogging it, blog-blogging it, and having a, a good old time, it, it appears. And it's been a little while since you've been on the show, guys, so what, what, uh, what do you want to tell our listeners about tonight? What's happening with you guys? Yeah, it's been far too long, guys. Uh, this is Pete. Uh... We're back in Mississippi. We're in Jackson right now. We've been here for a few days, and uh, we're heading back down to Jones County where we got arrested on May 14th. We have a trial down there on uh, next Thursday, and we have a meetup down there Wednesday night. And we've been fortunate. We've been getting a lot of press lately in Memphis. We, uh, we were on the morning show for three segments uh, for the local CBS affiliate. Oh, wow, great. We got, yeah, we got interviewed by the Memphis Flyer, which is the uh, mid, Mid-South's largest uh, news weekly. We're on, like, the Super Talk Mississippi, which is the statewide Oh, yeah. Super Talk's huge. Yeah, Super Talk's a network of uh, FM talk stations all across Mississippi. Hmm. Yeah. And now we're on Free Talk Live. So we've been getting a lot of good press, and uh, we're just trying to go down there and hold these guys accountable. Which, by the way, means you're on uh, in Tupelo tonight uh, in, in Mississippi because we have a, a weekday affiliate uh, down in there. So, uh, so you were arrested in Jones County, Mississippi. If you could give our listeners, you know, a truncated uh, recap size version of what happened down there, so those that have, are unaware can be informed. Sure, guys. This is uh, Adam. Um, we were pulled over in uh, May uh, for having paper license plates, um, and then pretty much, uh, get it real quick, the officers escalated the situation as they tend to do, and uh, detained me for. Filming police officers and uh, the traffic stop, they arrested Pete for having a, a beer in his home uh, closed in his refrigerator, mm-hmm. and they arrested Jason Talley for resisting arrest before he was under arrest. So uh, <laughs> we're heading back now to uh, ho- hopefully hold them accountable. Well, I know Sam's here in the studio tonight. He's got a lot of experience with being arrested for trying to videotape in a public place. And uh, when you were arrested, Sam, it was inside a court lobby or right out in the, the, the court lobby area. These guys were on the side of the road. Yeah, I, I, I heard about this. I actually got a postcard from uh, one of the activists that showed pictures and so forth, and I just couldn't believe the, the story of how this went down. And now, I, I hear you guys saying you're hoping to uh, hold them accountable, so you're praying <laughs> for a miracle or what? <laughs> You know, they call it the justice system, and so we'll see how much uh, justice we actually get. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing, like, uh, the, the radio station Pete mentioned, uh, Super Talk Mississippi, 
the morning show, I was on it like right after we were arrested, and it was a harsh interview. The, the guy uh, um, was very nice to us today, um, and uh, seemed to um, you know have, have turned around. So I think we're getting a lot of public sentiment um, that, that's supporting us. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, today I was walking to the uh, the local Starbucks where we worked, and uh, the guy said, "Jason Tally." I'm like, "Yeah, hi. Do I know you?" And he's like, uh, <laughs> "You're with the Murderland Diaries, right? I, I live in uh, Jones County. I wow. know all about you guys." And he's been commenting on the website. And right before we uh, called in uh, for you, he gave us a, a donation. So. I mean, people know about this. So we that is amazing. Nice. Yeah, it is. That's, that's actually a, a really good sign. It's, um, in my case, when we were looking at the... Hey, uh, Bordock, can we pot them down a little bit? We're having some uh, some phone issues there. Okay. So, in my case, when we were looking at the resisting arrest case law, there's a stack, maybe an inch thick, of uh, cases where passively going limp is not resisting arrest. There's uh, probably four inches of case law that says, respectively, that says uh, it is. And the cases where it's not, it was where blacks were being pulled off of uh, lunch counters during the, the civil rights era and so forth. So it's it's really the, the courts are there to uphold the government's opinion, the government's stance on the issues. And occasionally they're swayed by public opinion is, is really kind of what I've learned from this process. Are you guys still there? Motorhome Diaries? think they had some cell phone issues they are probably uh, out uh, on the road and you know how cell phones can be in a bad pocket so hopefully they'll call back and we'll uh, we'll continue this discussion here because i think it's very interesting that they've been having so much attention given to them i mean this is the first i've i've heard of it and i'm hoping that and i know they're not listening right now but i'm, I'm hoping they'll put some of these interviews up on their website when they get when they get a hold of them because it sounds like a lot that of is great... what they're doing is putting yeah. up w- interviews on websites so right but normally it's them shooting the interviews as far as with their with their cameras so I'm hoping we will get copies of uh, the, the audio interviews and that sort of thing. But how wonderful that there are there's so much attention being brought to this. This would not have happened uh, 20 years ago. I mean, if three guys had been pulled over in a motorhome on the side of the road in Jones uh, Jones County in you know, 1989. Uh, they would have gone to jail, and they even if they had, had friends or, or some attorney that was, was able to help them out, the story probably wouldn't have gone much further than slightly regional. Likely true. Uh, but now now Jason Talley, who's not from Jones County, is uh, walking into a Starbucks and getting recognized. Pretty amazing. It is amazing. I'm, I'm very surprised that uh, that it, it, the locals care and that he's getting the, the kind of media attention that, that they're getting, the kind of media attention that they're getting. I, I'm very surprised at that. Right, especially since they're not from around there either. Uh, let's go to Michelle in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Michelle. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, actually, I was uh, calling to be supportive of Jason, Pete, and Adam, who just did an interview with me when they were here in Nashville as oh. a tax protester. Michelle, what was your last name again? Seven. Seven? Seven? I saw your video today, and I was enamored by it. I thought you were absolutely heroic and wonderful. Can you explain for our listeners um, who you are and what your situation is? Yes, but can I just first mention about uh, the Motorhome Diaries guys that, um, you know, they were the ones that came and interviewed me. And yes. um, over the course of a couple of days while they were here, there were different events that were going on that they – that they uh, timed with their visit, and um, I went to a few of those events simply, well, a couple of them because I had met them and they turned me on to them, but then also because I'm a member of different meetups and things here in Nashville, and and I met some uh, 
some really great people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And, and so some of us are actually going to caravan to um, Jackson for oh, the hearing. Cool. Way yeah. cool. Yeah, they are yeah. some great guys, and I'm glad to hear that what is uh, what I've speculated about has uh, has actually been occurring. I talked about this, I think it was earlier this week, about how the motorhome guys are going from place to place, and they're providing a link for getting different liberty-oriented groups together in a certain geographic area. So whereas, you know, normally the Ron Paul group wouldn't necessarily meet up with the Libertarian Party guys, they're all coming, I mean, just to give you two examples of many, uh, they're all coming together and, and you know, the, the individuals that aren't really associated with any of those groups are getting together and, you know, that's creating uh, relationships that otherwise hadn't been there. And it sounds like that's what you were saying happened with you. Yeah, it was, yeah, absolutely. And, um, in fact, the last night they were here, um, we went to, um, I took my teenage daughter and we went to an AFF meeting. Please don't ask me right now what that stands for. <laughs> okay. Freedom. But um, anyway, um, the gal who was organizing it, Melissa, I had met at a uh, Liberty Rocks um, meeting two nights before, totally different, unrelated group. And um, and while I was at this uh, this AFF meeting, they were discussing uh, gun rights, and they had Pete there uh, talking about kind of voluntary uh, society and gun laws and, and what he'd experienced um, during the arrest in, in uh, Jackson, as well as uh, an attorney, who's a defense attorney, he talked about the law, and then a gentleman who had hosted um, at a restaurant the event a couple nights prior and how the laws in Tennessee have changed or not really changed. I bet they haven't been changing for the better. Hang on, Michelle. I want to bring you back. You've got an amazing story to tell, and it has to do with you not paying income tax and being very strong about that. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including live streams. We have a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, even a webcam, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. Now then, I want to introduce you to the Totasac. If you have not yet heard, if you've not yet been to their website, head over there, T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, Totasac. Dot com, you'll learn about the handle, the wonderful little handle that's made of 100% recycled material designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks. Now, honestly, I'm not the most creative guy. I haven't thought of much else to do with this thing besides bring my groceries in, but for that alone... It's pretty it's, much what it's designed for. Right. For that alone, it's well worth it. Yes. Uh, you can hook so many groceries onto this handle and carry them so easily. I carried in uh, just last time we went shopping... The entire carload of bagged groceries with both of my hands in one trip. Uh, so Totasac really makes it easy, and I can only imagine, like, for a family of four or something like that, these things would be an amazing time. Your saver. shopping trip looks like a shopping trip for a family of four. You guys go every other Two weeks. week. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Totasac.com, go and learn about them and order yourself a two-pack or a family pack. They're there for you. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com. Let's continue here. Michelle is with us. Her name is Michelle Seven, and she is... A very courageous lady, at least according to the video footage I watched this afternoon on the Motorhome Diaries YouTube channel, motorhomediaries.com. Um, in fact, we've got the Motorhome Diaries. We're going to bring them back here in a little bit, but I want to, I want to make sure we get Michelle's story out briefly. 
Uh, Michelle, you are under attack from the criminal gang known as the IRS. Can you tell our listeners about what's happening to you? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yep, sure can. Okay, great. I put a headset in. So anyway, um, well, attack is, I don't know that they're really actually attacking me quite yet, but um, they did send a, uh, a letter with the intent to levy uh, $637,000 of debt um, that they believe I owe against me and my property. So I guess that's an attack. Sure. Well, Michelle, <laughs> they're, they're taking steps to steal your house right for, out from under you and send the sheriff in to put you out on the street if you don't want to go. I would call that an attack. You may not. It's certainly a threat at the very least, yeah. th- the threat yeah. of an attack. And yeah. So, what can you can you just share with us? I mean, why are they saying that you owe them this money? Uh, how can you owe them this this money? I don't, like I I don't believe I owe any money to a group of strangers that just sends me an invoice for something I didn't uh, contract for. Well, isn't that funny? I mean, we wouldn't possibly go into a restaurant, sit down, and even before ordering anything or consuming anything, accept a bill that the uh, manager gives us for the entire restaurant filled with people's uh, uh, meal uh, bills for the evening. You know, we would nope. reject that. So why do we just uh, accept the fact that that we have this debt uh, via the IRS to pay for other people's anything or government expenditures or, or whatever? And so <clears throat> this bill was from 2006. I've actually uh, never filed. Wow. Ever in your life? I once, I did sometime in the early 2000s while I was going through a divorce, and um, so I did then, and I think I did once back when I was applying for college and wanted to establish, I was trying to apply for a, um, a scholarship, and the scholarship, I had to show that I had need, even though it was a merit-based scholarship. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did file those two times, but I'm 41, so wow, that's I've been amazing. since I was 13. I, uh, you know, I filed in the beginning days because, well, that's what my mom and dad told me I had to do. Um, and you were asking, well, how come everybody thinks this way? Uh, at some point, it's gotten banged into the, you know, the collective consciousness, if you will, of Americans, and it's just, oh, well, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, I uh, gave up on that, I think, back in 2004. So I myself have uh, have not been filing, and I don't plan on ever doing so again because, like you say in your video, I'm not a slave. Right. When did you determine that you weren't the uh, the slave of the government? Yeah, and what evidence do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, my evidence, you know, I I was a uh, an objectivist thinker, I suppose, back in the day, and and then uh, I I ended up becoming a Christian as a young adult, and so I suppose that I was influenced those two um, those two ways. But uh, I think that by the definition of of a human being that we're free. I mean, you can't possibly be a human being and be a, uh, which separates, we're separated from animals because we have a neocortex, we have a brain that is not just a limbic system uh, that, that functions on um, uh, instincts alone. And the only way that you can operate under that function is if you can live with the consequences of your decisions. So, <clears throat> The idea of right and wrong and responsibility and accountability, I think, is the foundation to liberty and freedom. 
you know, if you're going to have the freedom to have something, you have to have the freedom to fail at something also. Mm-hmm. So those, all those principles, I think, are pretty foundational to just my thought process about everything. And, um, and then the idea of just the um, I am not a slave really came about since I moved to the South. Um, I grew up on the West Coast, and, and so I was really never exposed to, um, to the Southern idea of race whatsoever. And actually, my kids are half African. Their dad's from Egypt, which is an African country. And um, so I didn't have this idea of African-American or, or um, black or slave or any of these, uh, these issues until I moved to Alabama and then um, Tennessee. And during the, this last election, when all the Obama supporters were talking about how, you know, now a black man's in office and, and you know, no more white oppression and we're free and we're free. So I just kind of played off of that, um, that wording, actually, and used it to get attention. So when I would be discussing politics and I was a Ron Paul supporter <clears throat> with um, people uh, – that support Obama, I would say, you know, you really have to uh, get off the plantation, <laughs> mm. which, you know, would strike a, a nerve with them. And so it just kind of evolved into using that particular phrase. It, it's so true. I mean, it, some people might accuse you of being inflammatory, but it's, uh, it's the truth. I mean, Americans are enslaved, and they're enslaved by their choice, unfortunately, because if, if more people started to do what you're doing, Michelle, and that is stand up for your beliefs and actually say, I'm not going to be a slave anymore and I'm not going to obey and I'm not going to bow down and I'm not going to kiss your boot and I'm not going to pay uh, your extractions, then they wouldn't be able to do anything about it. And I just wanted to, to thank you for this. It's my understanding from talking to the Motorhome guys, or the Motorhome Diaries guys, that you're planning on just making a, as much of this public as possible. So from the, the first initial threat that they've sent you and your uh, how you're handling that to whatever it is that comes next, you're planning on publicizing this, right? Absolutely, and I'm really hoping that um, that I can be an encouragement to other people who have the same sentiment but maybe are afraid. And, and that's, the fear is really the thing that is paralyzing people. Yep, it sure is. Um, but I think you're right. If they can see people they consider regular folks out there doing what they've always dreamed of doing, maybe they will find it within themselves someday to actually join you. And I'd like to say that I'm proud to be a part of this. I think I consider myself a part of it. I don't file. Uh, I don't want to pay the federal government anything. And if you guys have questions for Michelle, do you mind hanging on for a little bit? Oh, not at all. All right, I'm going to bring Michelle back here. Sam, you've got some comments. If you want to uh, ask her a question, 800-259-9231. More with Michelle Plus. The Motorhome Diaries guys are coming back. It's Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Now, we give you the features on the website 
But sometimes we ask for a little something in return. Now we're just asking. But if you can help us with this, it makes a big difference. It'll only take you a moment. Please go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote for Free Talk Live. All you need is your email address. They use that to verify that you're a real live human being and not some sort of robot. Uh, so please go to vote.freetalklive.com. It's a very competitive month for us on the Podcast Alley Top 10 Charts. And last time you looked, Mark, we were ahead by one vote. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a microscopic lead, and we've been uh, we've been neck and neck with uh, the P- Keith and the Girl podcast the whole way through. Okay, whoever they are. Anyway, uh, so yeah, go to vote.freetalklive.com, and we appreciate it. Let's continue. Michelle is with us. Uh, her name is Michelle Seven. She's from Tennessee, and she just uh, was interviewed recently by the guys from the Motorhome Diaries, who we'll actually be talking to here in a little bit at motorhomediaries.com. You can see her video. Sam, you've been watching it here during the breaks. And Michelle has basically been targeted by the IRS. They're claiming she owes them a whole bunch of money. And she's basically said, from my understanding, well, I don't see how, you know, I owe anything. This whole system is uh, is a scam. I don't support it. I'm not a slave. I'm not going to be paying you. And she's doing this publicly. You know, she's not just quietly going about trying to make everything okay and make amends with the IRS. She doesn't sound like she's very interested in making amends with them in any way, shape, or form. As you said, Michelle, you haven't filed uh, taxes for most of your entire life. Are you still with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Did I say anything inaccurately? No, absolutely. You were correct in everything. All right. Sam, you want to jump in with a question for Michelle? Yeah. Well, I just want to point out, Michelle, one of the first things, this is the IRS's dirty, in their dirty little trick book or book of tricks, um, what they'll do is hit you with an outrageous amount. And you said it was $600,000 or something like that. Yes. What do you think people first respond to that they say oh i don't know that much and as soon as you do that they've got you pretty much you've acknowledged that you owe something just not that much and then they'll tell you they'll come back in their form letter and say well our laws say that you can't argue the amount and so forth and if i had to take a guess how the letters start out to you it, it probably says something like dear taxpayer or refers to you as a taxpayer is that correct um Actually, let's see, I have the... <clears throat> well, one because of the things, taxpayer is a legal term, whether you realize it or not. Taxpayer is somebody who is obligated to pay income tax. So if you don't... Actually, I'm not referred to as taxpayer. It just says um, our records indicate that you haven't paid the amount you owe. That you so they don't owe. refer to me in any way. Okay. No. Well, in future letters, I would guess that's what they're going to try and label you as. If you get into phone conversations with them, they're going to call you a taxpayer, and they're applying a legal term that you may not understand. There's a good resource for you. A guy named uh, Dave Champion is the most credible person I've found. That, oh, I just uh, got his, uh, his email, his information from someone at one of those meetings last week. Yeah, uh, nontaxpayer.org will go through mm-hmm. the the basics, uh, the the legal foundations for his argument. He's been attacked uh, by the IRS and has just beat the pants off of him. Well, I don't know if it's so much of an argument as it is just uh, like like she was saying earlier. I mean, if a stranger sends you an invoice for services uh, that you never contracted for, then how can you be obligated to to pay those uh, that stranger? Yeah, now that's the moral argument. If you want to make uh, mix in a little bit of the legal 
aspect to it, you can do that by objecting to them calling you a taxpayer by using their their normal tricks of oh well I don't know six hundred thousand dollars and it, mm-hmm. that's those are the little traps that they lay for the average American to walk right into and they just they, they sucker them in because you know th- these are con men that they're they're playing their little game they do it every mm-hmm. single day and most people are just like you they've never dealt with the IRS they don't know the tax code of course the IRS doesn't either. And they, they don't know how to handle themselves. They don't know that these are legal terms that the government's using against them. And they, they just walk right into it and get uh, get slaughtered. I don't know if that's, I mean, from my um, impression of watching Michelle's video at MotorhomeDiaries.com, I don't know if she's the average taxpayer. Because no. she sounds like somebody who does understand that uh, this is not, she has no obligation to pay these people. That that, that's it's true. not an issue with that's Michelle true. as to how much she owes. She believes she, does, she doesn't owe because, well, where's the obligation? Uh, Michelle, would I, is my interpretation? Correct. Yes, that's correct, and I, I do understand contracts and um, legal verbiage and, and vernacular, and, and so I was very careful. I called the um, the number on the initial letter and uh, spoke to a woman who I mentioned in the in the video with Motorhome Diaries, and, and said that I said, "Hi, my name is Michelle Seven. I received this letter," and she said, "Oh well." you know, we haven't received your filing. I said, oh. She said, no, we haven't. I said, really? And she said, no. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't I didn't uh, agree to anything. I didn't acknowledge anything. I said, well, gosh, I, I would certainly like to know how you got the, the information that you have on me and um, would like to know how you verified it to be accurate. And so what uh, what they did is they... Uh, contacted ProFunds, which is a, a business that I use to trade um, uh, mutual funds through, and they had them forward me a list of all my trades for the year 2006. So they, the IRS, did not themselves send me anything saying that they had you know, uh, verified anything, but rather they they used ProFunds. So to me. Now that's a double whammy because they're now using a private business as their strong arm. Do I have any incentive to want to use ProFunds anymore? I don't know. Doesn't sound like it. Yeah, don't imagine you would. But you know, most companies are going to roll over when the uh, the federal government comes calling. They've uh, they've got their obligations because they're a corporation, and they've probably sworn essentially to uh, to be obedient in those ways. So, I mean, it's not that ProFunds is any more likely or less likely. I would think to 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 roll over to their demands. But you're not going to roll over, and you are going to publicize this, and you've begun that process. Do you have your own website uh, at this point? I, what, what's your or obviously the Motorhome Diaries did an interview. But how are you going to get the word out uh, in the future? Well, this all kind of um, happened like all of a sudden. You know, I mean, we did the interview and it was, came up today um, on their website and then boom. So Jason Talley has been really helpful and so Pete and Adam and, and we talked about um, putting, making a blog. And uh, so I think that was something that we were going to do over the weekend right. through phone calls, get that organized and 
Well, if I, and, uh, I hopefully we'll hear from you again. Uh, feel free to call in to Free Talk Live anytime you want to get coverage on what's happening. You know, something else develops, you want to get the word out, we're here for you uh, six nights a week. We would love to follow this process because it will be very, as you say, encouraging for our listeners, who many of them, I'm sure, are on the fence and, you know, they want to do something like what you're doing. And, and, and hearing about what your experience is could really help them uh, with that decision. So please, open invitation to, to come up here. Also, I'd like to invite you. I don't know what your life situation is like, but I'm sure the Motorhome Diaries guys mentioned the Free State Project, did they? Um, yes. Actually, I signed up uh, four years ago, and I was supposed to go by um, December 2008. But um, as I had mentioned in my video, I came out to the South to uh, help with a family member who has cancer. Oh, and so I'm, you know, he's fine now, and so I'm free to go. So we're going to be leaving um, at the end of the school year. And awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That is so exciting. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I think that you are definitely a, a candidate for the Free State Project. You're <laughs> definitely one of the doers, and we'd love to have you here in, in Keene, New Hampshire. That's where Jason and Pete and Adam are all going to move to when they wrap up the Motorhome Diaries tour. Uh, you know, we produce this show from here. It's really turning into, as I think it was Justin Raimondo, actually, from Antiwar.com and his history. One of his uh, articles, which is kind of a hit piece against the Free State Project, at least the Keene activism, he calls uh, Keene the epicenter of the libertopian colony here in New Hampshire. <laughs> so uh, really excited about meeting you. And, and hopefully, you know, Sam, you'd mentioned something during the, during the break. Um, have you ever come up for one of the Free State Project events at all, like the Liberty Forum or pork the Porcupine? Fest? You did Porkfest? No. I have not been to a pork fest. I, I keep track of everything and the news, and, and then uh, I was a supporter of Michael Badnart. So here's, he here's an idea for you. Before you make the move at the end of the school year, the Liberty Forum happens in the wintertime, and you would make an excellent speaker for the Liberty Forum. I'll get in touch with uh, one of the, the organizers and you know, suggest you as, as an option if you're up for that. Awesome. All right, cool. Look forward to meeting you, and thank you so much for doing what you're doing, Michelle. Look forward to hearing uh, future things from you. Have a great night. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including things like the updates. If you get signed up at updates.freetalklive.com, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. So go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. We go back to Jason and Pete and Adam from the Motorhome Diaries at motorhomediaries.com, traveling around North America. Well, they tried to go to Canada, but Canada doesn't want them. Uh, and they tried going down to Jones County, Mississippi, but they got arrested. But for the most part, it's been a, a fun journey, and they've been meeting up with all kinds of interesting liberty-minded people all around the country. We had you guys on in the, the first segment, but there was some cell phone issues. Uh, unfortunately, you dropped off the line, which actually worked out pretty well because then Michelle Seven called in from uh, Tennessee, and you heard, I believe you heard the interview with her, which, uh, what a tremendous lady, huh? We sure did, yeah. And, and Michelle's a wonderful person, and it's the we had a great time with her and her family when we were uh, rolling through Nashville, and it's just a, a great example of, like, just the kindness and the generosity people have shown us uh, as we do travel the country. I mean, she, uh, or actually her kids made a wonderful meal, and um, the, the boys, her two boys, uh, played uh, hockey with uh, me and Adam. We whooped them. And, uh, <laughs> and, 
and uh, and then their their daughter um, just is is wonderful. Just uh, did some uh, some Broadway show tunes and played the piano while we had dinner. I, I mean, love a show tune. <laughs> we, we yeah, we're, we're just three uh, doofuses driving the country, and we get uh, treated so well by these folks, and uh, it, it's it's really a, a nice treat. So um, I don't remember where we were in our conversation of uh, what's going on with Motorhome Diaries. Oh, we were talking about Jones County. Uh, these, uh, you know, old, good old boys decided to pull you over a few months back and arrest you. You spent a night in jail. The Liberty activists gathered together and and essentially bailed you out. But unfortunately, that means they're still holding on to your cash. So you're coming back next week but to the, Jones County. The fine for what they did is exactly the same amount as the bails. So what they're really hoping is that you don't show up at all. Right, right. So you're going you're going back to Jones County next week for the trial to try to actually win in hopes that you'll get your money back and defeat the system. I don't know if you'll have any success with it, but it'll certainly be interesting. And it sounds like there are a lot of people that are going to be uh, going down there with you. Exactly. When we hit the road, we didn't. Uh, we wanted to point the camera to other people advancing the freedom movement, uh, to people like Michelle Seven and Richard Hamling, who we also met in Nashville, uh, whose video we put up this past Wednesday. But, yeah, we're heading down to Jones County. For those not familiar with it, you can check out all the details at motorhomediaries.com slash Jones County. And uh, like you said, we're just trying to go down there, hold them accountable, get our money back. And as Jason always says, you know, he just doesn't want to see that money that they took from him to be uh, spent on more cans of pepper spray. Now, um, Jason, I've got a question for you. you. You and I have had a conversation about voting, and, and you sub, uh, subscribe to the agorist philosophy where uh, voting is perpetuating the system. And I'm really curious, going down there uh, to participate in their system and hold them accountable and try to get your money back, it sounds a lot like voting. I mean, how is this different, um, going down there and participating in this trial, different than a person choosing to vote? That, uh, that that was stolen money from us, and, and I don't like, uh, you know, using their, their system, but, uh, you know, a lot of people chipped in to uh, get us out of jail, and so it's our responsibility to uh, not just get that uh, money back, uh, but also to uh, hold them accountable. And we had to make a strategic decision, like, uh, how do we make the biggest impact? And I want to see a nice big headline in a newspaper that said that, uh, that their own system has ruled against them. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I still don't uh, think you should vote. Well, I, I see that um, I, I do see that the the, the uh, media that you guys have gotten has been well worth it. And as far as I'm concerned, that's worth. I think you should go back, and I think you should hold them accountable. What I'm trying to find out is the uh, the sort of the difference. And I think that the media, in and of itself, is well worth it. Um, but you know, like I guess somebody can think to themselves when they are going to vote, "Hey, I'm just trying to get back the money that they've stolen from me by you know voting against this particular provision or for this particular provision or whatever it is." That they they believe they're voting for, and um, that you know that they're they're protecting their friends and neighbors who have contributed, whether they've made it, uh, done so willingly or not, to the system. And I, I that's that's where I'm kind of I'm I'm curious here. Seriously, Mark? Seriously? Sure. I, I mean, no, driving down the road, nobody pulls you over and threatens you that you better vote. What do you mean? Well, um, but. He, they, they're out of jail, and their fines are the same as what has already been contributed. They can, at this point, they're only perpetuating the system, as, um, as, as it is said, by going there and participating. And in the same as the voting situation, they've already stolen my money. I might as well just let them have it, as, according to the agorist philosophy. All right, I'll, you guys, go ahead. There's a lot of reasons not to vote, um, but, uh, I mean, voting, you know, my vote statistically means nothing at all. Us going back to this uh, this courtroom, uh, you know, we we could get a victory, and, and it could be a, a major victory for us. You could you could win when you go and vote, and you could be that one vote that makes the difference. 
I mean, I, I think that your chance of uh, making a difference in voting is probably about as good <laughs> as good as getting the, uh, the 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 cops to rule against themselves, the, uh, the the bureaucrats to rule against themselves, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. I, I, this is Adam. I'd just like to make the single point of that voting and going to a poll is, is something people choose to do. We didn't choose to be uh, pulled over by Jones County. We didn't choose to pay these fines either. It was required. And even on top of that, uh, the people in the movement donated money and then released us without us doing anything in that act. We're only trying to... Uh, Regain that money. And, sure, sure. Uh, Adam, I, I, I completely get it. I, I mean, I, I didn't choose the governmental system that I have, and they've stolen a great deal of money from me. And by going and uh, voting, all I'm trying to do is minimize the damage um, that has you know, occurred to me and people I know and people I don't know. Um, and so I've, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to divine here the difference between the aggressive act of voting, as it is understood by the uh, agorist philosophy, and going and participating in the court trial, both of which I support. I'm trying to divine well, Mark, the difference. Well, Mark, this is Pete. Uh, I mean, you could take a page from Michelle or from Ian or for any one of us. You know, just don't pay your taxes. Don't don't bow to this thievery. I absolutely and, occur, concur that and, paying your taxes is supporting the system. Exactly. I, I so think to defend you know where your money's allocated. I mean, we don't pay in, we don't uh, participate in the electoral process because it's a system of violence. It's not moral. But we were going about our own. Uh, you know, we were just traveling, and we did not harm anybody's rights, and we had money stolen from us. So, I mean, right now this is the this is the venue we're gonna we're gonna go through to hold these folks accountable, and uh, you know, and we'll show. I mean, if. If the uh, the court system is so uh, far gone that that uh, these folks aren't held accountable for violating our rights, then I mean that'll prove our point as well. Oh yeah, you win either way. I'm I, I support I, you I, going to, to court, and I support you whether you win or lose. I support all that because you're going to win either way. I, I I think I have a distinction for you, Mark. With voting, you are just one of the masses going in to to vote on what the d- bureaucrats have decided you can pick from. These are your choices. Whereas going into court, you actually have a voice. You actually get to be heard. You actually can direct the uh, the the context of the argument, that sort of thing. Whereas with voting, you don't get that choice. It's statistically insignificant, and you're right. I mean, I can write in some things on voting if I want to. If you're voting for individuals, right? Uh, so I suppose you could write yourself in, and then if if everybody wrote you in, which seems really that it inc- incredibly unlikely. Oh um, no, then they disqualify you because your voter's registration form had a mailbox <laughs> <Right>. on it. <laughs> That's what just happened to me today. Yeah. I went down to uh, the, the Keene City Clerk's office uh, because I had filed to run for mayor as Ian Nobody Bernard, which is my old slave name uh, with a um, with a, a, a essentially a nickname in the middle. Nobody in quotes, and they allow people to put nicknames on the ballot around here. But uh, they don't want to let me on the ballot for whatever reason. Well, because it hasn't been your nickname for five years, and yeah. your nickname's a slogan. And you're not allowed <laughs> to, even though you can be homeless and register to vote, uh, if you live in a home, you're not allowed to just be general about the area in which you live. And uh, I can go into some of the details, but like... Oh, yeah, they you can even... be homeless and, and run. They, they say that, but they yeah. know that you live somewhere, so right. they wanted your address. Exactly. And, and they I wouldn't do... let you run if you didn't give the address. And they yeah. wanted to get your address before they told you no, that they weren't going to let you run with the nickname nobody yeah so i tried to give the voters a choice i tried to actually give the voters the first opportunity ever to vote for nobody and the system stopped me dead in my tracks
So and I don't know now, how you're going to do anything about it. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if there's anything I can do about it, nor do I. Uh, voting's a rigged system, and if oh, we're yeah, trying to is. make the point that, that voting's a rigged system, you're not going to get any argument from me on that. Yeah. Uh, by and large, I also believe that the court system's a rigged system, and that you you, sh- you should use these uh, tools in uh, you know in order to advance liberty. And I think these guys are doing the right thing. I'm only all I'm saying here is that hey. Yeah, and Pete, I feel made the best point, which is I don't pay into the system, so therefore I shouldn't vote. use their particular system. I, you know, I, I that can, makes sense. I can see that. However, he does pay into the system. Unfortunately, the, the both the uh, the federal and the state agencies from whom he buys the gasoline for the motorhome diary do, um, you know, take take an amount, whether he wants it or not. And I'm yeah. not saying he wants to. And the cell phones that, that, that they, they use, they, you know, there's federal taxes and state taxes on. Do that. we still have stinks. them, uh, guys? Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to make one point, and that is we need to, uh, you know, plead that we're not guilty. If we would have, like, not come county, they would have uh, put a guilty. I can barely county. understand you. I'll tell you what, if you want to make that point, hang on. We'll bring you back after the news. More of the Motorhome Diaries, guys, and your calls as well. If you're on the line, we will get to you here. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We've got the guys from the Motorhome Diaries with us. Just kind of give us an update, because it's been a while since we've had them on the show. Uh, They are traveling around the country in their motorhome. Marv and uh, Jason, Pete, and Adam are with us here tonight. MotorhomeDiaries.com. Are you guys still with us? Yes, we are. What does Marv stand for? Uh, It's the Mobile Authority Resistance Vehicle. (laughs) Now, you guys were pulled over down in Jones County. I mean, you've been going around the country. People can go to MotorhomeDiaries.com. And they can see the videos from your travels so far. You've been going pretty much straight from March, uh, just all over the place, meeting all kinds of interesting people. But you had an un- unfortunate encounter where uh, some people you'd rather not have met uh, decided to pull you over in Jones County, Mississippi, and subsequently throw you in a jail cell. Now, I just wanted to have you guys on to pump you up, but Mark decided to go on the warpath here tonight. Uh, warpath? Uh, I told him I vote. hope they win. I want them to win. I want, I've just got some questions about some parallels with beliefs here. Sure, and they were fair questions, and you guys are, are good sports. So I figured since it's, since the uh, Pandora's box has been opened, uh, I figure we'll take it to the, the next level here, guys, if, if you don't mind a little bit. And I think that, honestly, I think Mark's got you on this one, but not for the reasons why Mark was necessary 
necessarily uh, pointing out. I think that Mark's point about voting is that is, let me see. Mark, tell me if I'm recapping you incorrectly here. You generally don't believe that there's any point at the federal level, right, Mark? I think that voting is statistically insignificant at the higher the level it goes. But at a local level, there is a chance that a, a one vote could swing. Uh, like you, you always give the example of the, this fire truck thing that actually passed by one vote that in otherwise the town would, that I live in right. would have, uh, you know, the taxpayers wouldn't have had to pay the hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Jason heard all about it at a bar right, in right. New Hampshire. I understand you guys had this out. Um, <laughs> but so you made the. I think that's a persuasive point that one vote in that particular case could have made the difference. And I've always uh, supported the idea that voting on a defensive basis to try to minimize damage is an appropriate way to be voting. I don't support voting for the lesser of two evils because I won't vote for evil. I'm not going to vote. I wouldn't vote for somebody unless they actually had principles and swore that they would uphold their principles like, you know, with the small government pledge or something like that. So uh, so I think there's something to be said for the defensive voting thing. And I think that's all you guys did down in Jones County was you took the, uh, you know, you essentially acted in a defensive manner to reduce damage by getting out of jail and bailing yourselves out. And I think it was the right thing to do in that situation. You had Marv that had been confiscated by the police. They, of course, when they confiscate cars, they put them in some tow yard somewhere and start charging you on a daily basis for however long it's there. So, you know, you guys were in a jail cell. You certainly can't get Marv out of the tow yard. I suppose somebody could have come down and gotten him out while you were in jail. But, you know, if you wanted to keep money out of the hands of the system, you could have just sat in jail for a while. But you wanted to minimize the the damage that was being done to you, so you accepted the contributions from the uh, the activists, bailed yourselves out. Now you're going down in the hopes that you'll be able to use the system again, hoping that the system will defeat it. You know, you'll win in the in their court with their judge in their system. It could happen. And that you'll, it could, and that you'll get the money back. So what I'm pointing out here, the parallel I'm drawing is, voting can be a defensive action. And what you guys did was a defensive damage minimalization action, and I think it's all okay in the wash. I really do. Your thoughts? I have to agree with you. Um, like I said before, you know, uh, this is Adam, by the way. Uh, we had no choice kind of in the matter, and uh, due to the society we have with uh, people the same mind frame as Mark, uh, this is probably the most peaceful way of us uh, being able to uh, change the system in this certain topic. So what else is going on with Motorhome Diaries? You guys are getting ready for the trial next week. Obviously, coverage is going to be happening at MotorhomeDiaries.com. And right. if if you're found guilty, they keep the money. If you're not guilty, then they supposedly give the money back. Is that right? Uh, well, yeah, if we're found guilty, there's an appeal process. You know, any whatever the end result is, I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to come out on top. And you guys are going to, you know, we're going to cause some people to think about the situation that happened and then the larger uh, role of, of government or self-government. But uh, you know, in terms of other things that's going on, you know, you mentioned how long we've been on the road, and we have been on the road for, for a, little, a little while now. We've uh, logged about 15,000 miles, and Jeez. this is a good transition to mention. Uh, next uh, week, we're going to announce, like, a tire uh, fundraiser. We need a couple new tires, and uh, mm-hmm. a couple that we have are cracking, and we just, you know, we want to keep going. So we've got to look for that. And we also got our first batch of uh, Motorhome Diaries T-shirts from our buddy Zach Fix, the old uh, pod crasher over at the uh, now-defunct. Uh, anti-status uh, bureaucrat, but uh, he just he, he got set up with a printing operation, and and we're the uh, fortunate to have the first batch of, of shirts to run off of that. Cool. So we're gonna we're gonna be selling those at meetups um, that we go to to hopefully generate some revenue as well. Great idea. 
Mark, did you have a question? I was wanting to know um, the tires. How much do they cost for the motorhome? Because I probably I, you know, expensive. The tires have. I, I, I used to think the tires were thirty bucks, and apparently I'm completely wrong. I went to buy them for my cheap little car, and they were fifty dollars a piece. I can only imagine what they are for a motorhome that size. What What is it per tire? How many do you need? We, we need two right now. Um, the two outer ones on, on, on the rear of the motorhome are, are cracking and uh, have lost their thread. Uh, so therefore, we can get. We're trying to figure out options of, of new use, and that's anywhere between two and three hundred dollars uh, for the possible labor fee. Wait, so two hundred each? Yes, each. Yeah, Jason and I, uh, when we first got Marv, we were both still getting used to the, the width of Marv, and so when we we're up in Keene the first time after we hit the road, I mean, we kissed a curb. You know, one time, and we when he got a flat tire, and uh, you know, so that one we paid out of pocket because it was our our fault. This one, you know, we're hoping folks like what we're doing, and they're going to help us to to keep going on the road and and hopefully prevent like a, a serious accident or something. But we'll see we'll see what happens. So do you do you do you, do you consider it uh, somehow improprietous to take money out of the gas tank fund and pay for uh, tires, or there isn't enough money in the gas tank fund to pay for the tires and keep the gas tank full, or or what's going on there? That's a good question. It takes about $150 to fill up our gas tank. And oh, put it man. Like 400 or so miles. But uh, we usually sit out about $300 in our PayPal account, which is good for a couple of tanks of gas. We did, when we were in New York uh, just over a month ago, we did get pretty low. We did get under $100, and we did a special pitch on a thank you Thursday, and we had some more dollars come in, which really helped save us. And uh, a gentleman at the fee uh, conference we were at gave us some money uh, there, which really helped us uh, keep moving. But you know, if we don't have any money, you know, uh, we'll you know we may we'll probably slow our, our uh, route down a little bit. But um, we're hoping that that the money continues to kind of come in, um, you know, for for gas donations. And this is something special that you know a special request sort of. So we'll see what happens. So does it go to the same fund? I guess my question is is that people are listening right now and they may think to themselves, I'd like to help with the tires, but the tire, you know, it's it's they're not quite kicking off the tire fund thing, and people forget. So I'm I'm just wondering to, um, out loud. Well, if they went tonight, could right, they should they just the go ahead and put money in the tank fund, and that will be then be applied to the tires? You could write a help. note, right? Couldn't you? Couldn't they write a little note with the PayPal payment that says for the tires? Exactly. You can leave a comment, say for the tires, but we're planning on doing this from next Wednesday to like. Friday or Saturday, we figure we'll have more traffic on our site at that time due to the Jones County trial. Oh, yeah, you and Friday, and then come Friday, that's payday, so some folks may have a little bit extra money. But if Free Talk Live listeners tonight want to go to motorhomediaries.com, use your donate link, and send you some money and indicate it's for the tires, that's okay. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know, whether it's for the tires or for the gas tank, these guys are doing a great job. They're doing some amazing stuff for the freedom movement by just bringing people together. And importantly, you know, from what, from what we're doing, uh, they're getting media coverage and they're driving around in Marv, which uh, if you go to their website, you can see is plastered with logos of, uh, well, Free Talk Live and the Free State Project and Freekeen.com, uh, as well as a number of other uh, liberty-oriented groups. The, I think the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, uh, they have a logo there. And uh, so you guys are not only getting the word out about freedom in general and just doing outreach, bringing people together, but you're also helping promote the uh, the move to New Hampshire at the same time, which, you know, you've been encountering a lot of people, and uh, are you hearing good things about what's happening in New Hampshire? Oh, we definitely are. There's a lot of folks we meet that we say, oh, have you heard of the Free State Project? And, you know, uh, a lot of people have, and a lot of people are Free Talk Live listeners that we come across. So, again, you know, uh, thank you guys for, for uh, being such a great medium and turning people on. We're just one of the uh, facets in this broad freedom movement, and we're just feel very fortunate to, to be in this role. All right. Will you check in with us again during the trial next week? 
We'd be happy to. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on tonight. Thank thanks, you, guys. guys. Keep up the great work out there. MotorhomeDiaries.com. Jason, Pete, and Adam on the road for your freedom. 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves. We've had people waiting very patiently uh, through those uh, special callers there. And, uh, well, more special people. You are on the way. Whatever you want to call about goes. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. I think we have a New Hampshire law enforcement officer uh, on the line, perhaps a member of LEAP, coming up. Talk Live, your show, you take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231. And that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. You can see them for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, you can become a part of the Shrine. Oh, also, we're accepting uh, video validation. You can get all the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. As we go to Brad in New Hampshire, Brad, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, is this Brad Jardis from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition? You know it. Hey, Brad, what's on your mind tonight? Well, gentlemen, um, I was thinking, and I, I wanted to tell a story. And to start off, I would just like to say that I am an active-duty New Hampshire law enforcement officer. I have sworn an oath to the Constitution, and everything I'm about to say is my personal opinion. Okay. About... <laughs> about uh, nine years ago, I went to the New Hampshire Police Academy, and it's about 12 week, it was about 12 weeks long then. And as I marched through the halls, they, make, they made us square our corners. We couldn't talk. It was very militaristic. Um, as we marched through the halls, there hung on one of the walls what's called the Law Enforcement Officers Code of Ethics. Now, this code of ethics is known nationwide. It's used by a lot of federal law enforcement agencies, uh, local, state, county. And it's, it's very revered amongst uh, my profession. Um, in fact, I believe it's part of uh, the agency where I work. I believe it's in the very first pages of our policy manual. And with your permission, Ian, I would just like to read the first paragraph. Sure. As a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or intimidation, and the peaceful against violence or disorder. Well, that's not going to go real well. (laughs) And to respect the constitutional rights of all men to liberty, equality, and justice. Now, do you actually swear an oath to that? No, you don't swear enough to that, but I was just calling to give my personal opinion that that's a boatload of S. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a rhetorical, uh, uh, you know, uh, paragraph as opposed to a practical one. It sounds lovely, though. It really sounds wonderful. It's a nice idea. It it sounds great, and, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and it's, it's, it's basically, to me, Right now, you know, looking back on over 10 years working here in the state um, in law enforcement, it, it basically is a clever PR trick used for new police recruits, uh, used um, for the public. 
because what we do in large part um, infringes on people's liberty. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of good that law enforcement does in, sure. in the sense in, in, in the sense of investigating crimes with victims, preventing um, preventing crimes from happening. But how do you respect someone's liberty if you put them in jail for possessing a plant? <laughs> Duh, how do you the two don't go together. How do you respect someone's liberty if you? If you have the option of putting them in handcuffs for pouring water into a milk container, how can you, you know, if we were to really respect people's liberty per our code of ethics, we would be protecting the people from the elected representatives who want to tell them how to run their lives. Yeah, you'd be arresting uh, judges who were, uh, you know, hurting peaceful people. You'd be doing all kinds of things to actually protect, but in point of fact, what you're saying is in your 10 years of being a law enforcement officer, you've seen, uh, you know, some protecting going on, but a whole lot of infringing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, how does it help somebody if you arrest, if they're 16 years old and you arrest them for having a piece of vegetation? I mean, seriously, it, it hurts them, it, and, and it does nothing to protect their liberty at all. And, you know, I've, I've been reading this Code of Ethics, and I've been really rethinking my career choice as of lately, and this really bothers me because, you know, this is such a revered uh, work of, of, of text that, you know, all new police recruits are, you know, are, are, are read this in their police academy manuals, and they tell themselves, we respect the rights of all men to liberty, equality, and justice. And then you catch somebody with a drug that is far less dangerous than alcohol, and we put them in jail for it. And, you know, I just use the, I use the marijuana thing as an example because the drug policy thing is very near and dear to my heart. Sure. But I think it's such a perfect example because it shows the, it shows the absolute insanity of, of the lengths that the government will go to screw with people who haven't done anything to hurt anybody else, or One, even themselves for that matter. 1.5 million arrests uh, is, I believe, the most recent figure that I've seen in America for mostly drug possession. Not just marijuana. Marijuana accounts for, I think, over 800,000 of those 1.5 million, but other drug arrests, just all, all of those folks, you know, most of them hadn't hurt anybody else or damaged any property, but they were subjected to essentially what is kidnapping. Uh, kidnapping and, uh, and imprisonment uh, against their will by these men wearing badges and uniforms and calling themselves the police and calling themselves our protectors. Please, I don't want your protection uh, in that way. I don't, I don't want these services. And I can't just say, oh, no, thank you, officer. I appreciate the offer to arrest me tonight uh, for this bag of marijuana. <laughs> Not an offer. But, uh, no, <laughs> you know, I don't have that option. Here, here's the problem. If, if any law enforcement officer were to abide by that code of ethics, they would be fired. Yeah. The- I, I bet you a million dollars. I don't see how they if, couldn't be. They wouldn't make they, it through their probationary period, let alone be they, able to tenured officer. Brad, Brad you say that nobody's harmed when uh, somebody goes out and buys marijuana, but isn't it true that the money for that marijuana goes <laughs> to fund al-Qaeda in Iraq? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, well, well, al-Qaeda huh. is more funded by opium. Um, however, uh, there's a very simple solution to to the uh, to the uh, to, to the question of how of how these things are uh, funding criminal enterprise, and that's to legalize 
the uh, drug market. Now, I know where, where you gentlemen and, and I would probably disagree is that I believe there should be some level of regulation um, um, from the government. But then again, I mean, I realize my position is, uh, is flawed because New Hampshire's regulation of liquor is just absolutely ridiculous. I oh, mean, my gosh. It, you, New Hampshire is uh, one of, I believe, 18 states that that directly controls the sale of liquor, and you, you know it's it's so hypocritical because uh, you know we don't want you to drink and drive, but you know stop north or southbound, buy it from us, and we'll let you buy nips right at the door. <laughs> and um, we need to we need to sell more booze in order to pay for our government. You know, drink, yeah. drink, drink, drink. Oh, when you say north or southbound, you kind of glossed over what that means. There oh, literally uh, are. Here, here, Go ahead. Here in New Hampshire, to, to purchase, um, uh, quote-unquote, hard liquor, you can only purchase it from a state, uh, a state liquor store. You can buy beer and wine from, uh, from grocery stores. But, but many, many of the state liquor stores are actually on the side of the state roads or the interstates here in New Hampshire. You can Three be- people drink beer and wine, not liquor, son. <laughs> hey, uh, Brad, yeah? do you have more time? I want to continue this. Oh, I got plenty of time. Bring Brad Jardis back from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition uh, here in Moments Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. And by the way, those features include things like the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. WIKI.freetalklive.com is the uh, site to go to, wiki.freetalklive.com. You can get interactive and edit virtually anything you see, wiki.freetalklive.com. Now, from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Plus, you'll get to meet great people uh, that aren't necessarily free staters, like Brad Jardis, who is with us. And uh, he is from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. He's been a, a patrol officer now for about 10 years of his life up here in New Hampshire. And, Brad, you carry, uh, I, I still, I, I think you're the only Law Enforcement Against Prohibition member who's an active on-duty patrol officer within um, the United States. You told me before that there's a guy up in Canada now that's joined up, which is great news. Uh, but are there any others, or is it still just you? Uh, I, I think there's some others, um, although uh, I believe I, I'm, the only, I'm definitely the only um, rank-and-file one in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard rumor that there, uh, there is a uh, sergeant somewhere in New Hampshire that uh, is a member of, of LEAP, um, and certainly uh, our t- uh, two county jail superintendents, very good guys that, that are uh, members 
But, I mean, certainly the numbers are low, and, you know, there's a very good reason for that, and that is if you join law enforcement against prohibition and you speak out and you are an active-duty police officer, you're going to be retaliated against. You basically get on the blacklist, essentially. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Retaliation. I mean, I I don't know what you can tell us um, as far as what the retaliation has been. Is there anything that you can share? Um, I, I can't get into it right now because um, it is a legal issue, uh, but certainly um, I have a feeling that it ultimately will end up very public. And uh, certainly um, I, I have spoken with Sam, and um, I'm very interested in having the Obscure Truth Network uh, um, make a documentary about it. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's, speaking out is something that, that everyone should have the right to do. And, well, you have the right to do it. Um, if, if you're a law enforcement officer and you can hear my voice right now, believe me, you're, you're going you're gonna to get some sort of repercussion for simply going out and, and speaking what you believe the truth to be. So it's, it's, uh, it's no wonder that there's very few of uh, me in, in, in LEAP. Yeah, speaking out's okay. It's just it's when you dissent from the status quo and the you know the good boy good old boys network seems the thin to come blue out. Line. And well, even speaking out's going to get you some trouble. The brotherhood, as uh, as it is called, and uh, but I think that Brad uh, and I'm glad that Obscured Truth, which is Sam's organization, by the way, you can go to obscuredtruth.com to see some of his video work. But I'm glad that that's going to happen because you deserve the uh, the attention. You deserve to have something really nice produced about the uh, the the activity that you've done or the the, the travails that uh, that you have faced because it hasn't been an easy road. Being essentially the uh, the trailblazer in the world of uh, a, an active duty law enforcement officer coming out against the war on drugs. Most of the guys in law enforcement against prohibition, and I I like these guys. I mean, they're good guys who've you know they did the wrong thing in the past. Past, and now they're making amends and they're trying to do what they can to uh, to make things right. They've they spent their careers in many cases locking people up for these peaceful acts that haven't harmed anybody, and now they're trying to make good. But most of these guys are retired. You know, they got out of the game and then they formed Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. So you really are a, a unique character within the uh, the organization, and and as I say, that the trailblazer. So uh, well, you've put up you with know, a lot I... of crap, and you deserve to uh, to to be. You deserve to have some attention drawn to what you've done, and if if anything else, it'll encourage other law enforcement officers to say, "Hey, you know, this trail's already been blazed. It won't be as hard for you. It's not going to be easy because it's still a relatively new idea. You guys coming out against the status quo of the war on drugs. But I hope that what you're doing, Brad, will encourage some of your uh, brothers, if you will, to follow in your footsteps." Well, well, thank you, Ian, for for your very um, high praise, and and I will say that um, I I feel that as an ind- individual, I've progressed um, from being simply um, just against the war on drugs to um, to to being against a, a lot of the things that modern day policing does that I believe is very immoral, and and I will say that um, members of the Free State Project, such as yourself, Mark, Sam. Um, a gentleman named Brian Travis, um, you guys have been far more supportive of me than any quote-unquote brother officer ever has been. And this is, Bradley, you know, before this... you go on, uh, before you go on, I'd like to make a point here. Now, you've had uh, a little bit of trouble here and there from, from some free staters, uh, you know, making some threats against you, not physical ones, but sort of against your, your, your freedom, uh, th- planning, uh, talking about planting drugs in your car and things like that. Really? <laughs> 
didn't that that's a yes wow um and they've said things like that now i'm just wondering those guys they didn't convince you to come over further to the side of liberty it was the people that were talking nice to you and uh, treated well, you with respect well my attention was drawn today to a comment that a uh, a gentleman uh made uh someone someone said you know where's brad ben we haven't seen him around and someone uh, from, I believe, the Grafton area wrote, like, you know, good thing, glad he's not around. And, you know, I respect everyone's opinion. And, uh, you know, I mean, someone, uh, a friend of mine just pointed out to me that someone in your chat room called me a hypocrite. Um, and I guess that's fair to say. I mean, I have done, I have, I have done my share of my job um, that I've come to speak out against and, um you know, saying one thing, saying you're against something and doing another, uh, and, and then doing it certainly could be classified as a hypocrite. But let me say this about that. Um, law enforcement officers are entitled to use discretion. And mm -hmm. I, I use the best discretion that I can within the, the bounds of, um, Within within the bounds of my job to try to make a difference and to try to do my job the most professional way that I can. So, you know, think about that. And you probably you know, use more discretion now than you did ten years ago, too. I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. When you see the, the police academy churns out uh, new police recruits that think everyone's going to sue them, that everyone's going to kill them, and that you know every single thing is arrest worthy, and that's just. That's just how the training works. I mean, they show you all these videos of of police officers getting killed, which are tragic, and then you wonder why a uh, a law enforcement officer returns to to their small community and pulls over grandma and then is walking up to the car with black gloves on with his hand on his gun or the taser. It, yeah, it it has a lot to do with the training, and you know, I I don't doubt that there's a lot of uh, people in my current profession that are absolutely disgusted with some of the things that I'm saying. Um, and, you know, I read a comment on the union leader where uh, a Portsmouth, New Hampshire police officer wrote, I'm, I'm embarrassed to work in the same county as him. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, this, this is all for, for speaking, uh, speaking my mind. And, you know, people of the mindset, of the mindset uh, you know, I'm embarrassed, uh, you know, war on drugs is good. These are the people that, that very frequently tote the, tote the line, people have fought and died for your freedoms. Well, you know, if, if, that's, if that's the case, then, you know, all I'm doing is speaking, talking, dissenting, you know, and, and all these people want to attack me for it. You know, I mean, how how hypocritical is that? It's it's tough being Brad Jardis because, as you're pointing out, Mark, there are certain people within the liberty movement that are very intolerant towards yeah. uh, toward Brad, and I think that that Brad's progress in understanding liberty and accepting and embracing liberty and and moving forward with that is a real testament to how powerful it can be for those who believe in liberty to be understanding, to be right. forgiving, to be uh, loving toward those who would otherwise be capturing them and putting them in jail cells. And I think there's really something to be said for opening our arms and saying, look, we know you've done wrong, but it's okay. We forgive you. Let's move on from here and, and do right. And we can, we can educate other people in the policing profession, and we can show them... Um, how, you know, that just because something is written down and just because your bosses tell you to do something, it doesn't make it right.
Brad, thanks so much for uh, for dialing in tonight. I know we'll be hearing from you again in the future. I thank you for the call. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, we just got the phone with Brad Jardis, and we'll continue taking your calls here in a moment, but I want to just comment a little further Bradley Jardis, uh, he is one of the few and the the, the proud uh, law enforcement against prohibition members. And you can go, by the way, to leap.cc. We didn't put a plug in for their website. L-E-A-P, law enforcement against prohibition. Leap.cc is their site. And it's a great site. If you know someone who's a, a law enforcement officer or formerly was a law enforcement officer, and they're even somewhat uh, amicable towards the idea of ending the war on drugs or decriminalization, legalization, send them to this website. Even if they aren't amicable toward the ideas, they've got a very persuasive video presentations and things like that that can hopefully bring more law enforcement officers on board with this great group of uh, mostly former cops. Hopefully we'll be able to get some more guys like Brad on board who aren't afraid of the the repercussions of coming out against the status quo. But I have to say that I think that uh, Brad Jardis is one of the best activists in New Hampshire, and he's not a Free State Project member. Uh, he's done more, I think, the, the, for freedom than a lot of people. And I think that uh, some of the, for lack of a better detractors. term, purists, detractors mm. out there, because I don't know how pure they all are, but uh, the, Brad's detractors, the, it's just not fair what they, uh, they, they say about him. Okay, yeah, he may not be a pure 100% voluntarist uh, libertarian type, but sure. he's neither he's, were those people when they started on the path to liberty. Exactly. So that's why you have to be understanding and forgiving and uh, and caring towards people, not just Brad, but people that are much more tyrannical than Brad. Because if if you don't uh, do your best to embrace these people and show them that you're peaceful and that you're living what you want to see the world become then they're just going to be turned off by you. If you're right. saying, oh, I don't want to talk to you because you're not as principled as me, then well, you're usually just a jerk. It's, it's really, um, those, those, they, aren't say, they, they might be saying that that's the reason that they don't want to talk to somebody is because they're not as principled as they'd like them to be. However, really what the, the fact is, is they've talked to somebody and they haven't come around to their worldview as quickly as they would like, so they're going to cease talking to them. Like, you don't agree with me. I haven't been convincing enough to you. I'm not talking to you anymore. That is a the the attitude of a of a of, of an immature person, as far but, as I'm concerned. I think that's some of it. I think also people look at well, he's still arresting people for victimless crimes, or he's still doing this or that or whatever their issue is. But and the me, guy who took his job wouldn't be exactly. And and to me, you know, if somebody is willing to even have conversations about liberty and really think about the ideas, that's something that I'm going to applaud. That I want to talk to them. Doesn't mean I'm going to spend 100% of my time, no. you know, de- dedicated on that person. I want to have the biggest impact wherever I can. Absolutely. But There's something to be said for if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere with somebody, sure. you don't want to throw away your time. But somebody like Brad, who's already a step in our direction, yep. working and being friendly, working with him, being friendly with him, and understanding towards him. I mean, as he was saying, the people in his profession have been shunning him, 
and it's been the liberty activists, most of them, most of them are good folks, and they're, you know, they're very accepting toward Brad. It's been the liberty activists that have opened their arms and said, well, we think you're doing a great job, and thank you so much, and I really appreciate you. Brad Jardis is, is my hero. I think he's the most courageous cop I've ever met. I mean, to, to, to have the courage to go up against the, uh, the bureaucracy of the police, to go up against the Brotherhood and the Thin Blue Line, just by coming out and uh, coming out against the war on drugs, that, it, the repercussions for him have been tremendous. He's faced all kinds of harassment from within the ranks. He's putting his livelihood on the line as well. Yeah, so way to go, Brad Jardis. Go to Law Enforcement Against Prohibition and learn more about this uh, organization because uh, they're they're well worthwhile. And no, they're not a perfect 100% liberty-oriented group. I mean, LEAP supports regulation as opposed to uh, the, the prohibition. It's not the ideal situation from my perspective, and I don't think from anyone's perspective on this show, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. And that's what we want people to do is take steps because you can't leap into you cannot leap into liberty. It's just I don't think it's possible. It took me most of my my entire adult life to get to where I am with my understanding of what all this is about. And it's not an overnight process. So let's be forgiving and understanding. People people will uh, excoriate me because I'll say things like I forgive you to the police officers that hurt people. Right. And well, you know, why are you forgiving them? They haven't asked for forgiveness. They haven't done the right thing. You know, they've they've uh, taken away uh, somebody's freedom. And why are you forgiving them? Well, because why not? It's the right thing to do. What? Where am I going to get by being vitriolic towards them? Where mm-hmm. am I going to get by being hateful and angry towards them? Because if I if I'm angry, I'm just going to hurt myself. My anger doesn't hurt you. If hate, I'm angry at you, it doesn't hurt you. Hate hates the hate. Hate hurts the hater, not the hated. It sure does. I mean, uh, today after your trial, uh, Sam, which we haven't gotten into, maybe we'll get a chance in hour three. But after your trial wrapped up, Eli Rivera, the uh, police sergeant who is also one of the prosecutors who is has been instrumental in uh, you know targeting certain liberty activists up here in New Hampshire. I walked up to him and said, "Hey, I, Eli, I'm from the police hugging the brand new uh, Keen Police Hugging Squad, and uh, want to offer you a hug." And I opened up my arms, and he gave me a hug. You know, and people are insane. And and he said no. He said I think he said something like no animosity uh, as I was you know, indicating that he sure he doesn't want his car to blow up. You know, whatever, Mark, whatever. <laughs> I it's that's so my cynical. approach. And that's my approach now, and I feel good about that. When I was attacked for having the couch out in the yard, and my my tenants had a couch out in, in my yard uh, at the duplex I own, and they, the government came after me, and I spent some time in, in jail for that. And, and when I got out, some people were suggesting, okay, here's what you can do to get back at the woman that you know snitched you out. Here's what you can do. And I looked at all that, and I said... No, I think I'd rather forgive her. And I wrote up a blog post about how I forgive her for what she did to me, for the things that were uh, were perpetrated upon me by her actions. She initiated this process. And I, you know, I said, I forgive you. The title of the blog was I forgive you. And some people are upset at me for that. But for me, that was the absolute right thing to do. Had I, uh, had I gone ahead with some of those people's suggestions and done who knows what to her property or whatever, you know, I, then that would have just continued the cycle. It would yeah. have continued the, the cycle of anger and, and certainly spite. A tempting option. I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get uh, so frustrated and angry when I think about uh, the intrusions of the state that, you know, and, and and you realize how powerless you are against them. Um, the really the only option is to choose to not be affected by it in the manner that they, you know, that the uh, getting so frustrated. I think that that it really plays into their hands. It's it's easy to act out and to be violent or aggressive with somebody 
It's reactionary is basically what it is. It is, but and it's also how can we as Liberty Act, as voluntarists, stand up and say, you know what, we can solve problems without violence, without the need for the state. Uh, we can do things on a voluntary basis through discussion and, and coming to greater understanding about issues and also ostracizing peaceful people in a peaceful manner. How can we stand up and say that and then hold this anger and hatred for the, the people that are choosing otherwise uh, and, and, you know, it just would not make any sense to respond in the same way that they're coming after us. You have to be coming from a place that you want to go to. Yeah, we have to be the example that right. we want to see in the world. As uh, as Gandhi said, all yep. rephrasing that. All right, let's go to your phone calls. Ryan is in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. What's on your mind uh, tonight? First of all, I just want to say my respect goes out to Brad for, uh, believing, for fighting for what he believes the truth is uh, and standing up for it. But uh, my question today for you guys is, uh, where do you think the people acting as government uh, get the authority to uh, enforce their so-called laws uh, on people against their consent, considering we are, after all, a government by the consent of the governed? And if Joe smoking weed on the corner doesn't want to consent to uh, whatever laws they bring down on them, where do you think they get that authority? From you. From, from obedience. From us? From, out of the well, barrel of a gun. Uh, no, they, they, it comes from you. If it was just out of the barrel of a gun, Mark, you know, people wouldn't pay. If it people, wasn't out of a barrel of a gun, then people wouldn't pay. Right. But because people believe in this system, people believe that government's necessary, or maybe not government, but that we have to have some ultimate authority to solve all of our problems for us because we're not capable human beings and, and capable of doing that on our own that you know they're willing to give their money they may not like it they may not agree with it but deep down they believe that it's necessary that they have to that that's why all of this exists so if you don't believe they have authority over you they don't have authority over you no, well they, they don't but they'll still hurt you because a lot of other people do believe so it's changing those beliefs that's a critical factor does that make yeah, sense yeah i agree with that and uh i think we need to start. We need to start rebutting the presumption that we uh, we agree with their uh, rules and that we uh, consent to whatever. I agree, and and that's, and that's why I, I agree completely, and that's why I've proposed, and others have talked about, and eventually it probably will happen. You know, some sort of our own declaration of independence to basically say, oh, well, we have our own piece of paper too. Ha <laughs> uh, ha! Thanks for the call tonight. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. I think like a, a gathering, like a Porcupine Freedom Festival, would be a perfect place to have a mass signing of something yes. like that. Hour three coming up. They tend to be older and thus are numismatic and untracked by the government. They have the 100-year-old wow factor for the layman and are easily storable for emergencies. You can get them for only $288. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same as it is for one coin as it is for 20. So try to get as many as you can at once. 877 
Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the show. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. I think we still have Ryan with us. Uh, do we Do we keep Ryan? I, we've been so distracted. Ryan, are you there in California? Or did I space out? No, no, out? I think you. I think I did. I think space. he was gone. We were talking about all kinds of stuff, and I got distracted. All right, well, here we are. We'll take your calls about anything. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. It's been a long day uh, here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, uh, where, what, I would say about 30-plus people, maybe 40? I, I didn't take a count today, but uh, I would say several dozen people had shown up uh, at your court trial, the, or their trial they were holding for you, however you want to uh, say it. But the uh, the criminal gang known as the uh, the city of Keene had uh, arrested you, Sam, back in April uh, for filming in a public court lobby. And this was of the arraignment. There, you were there for the arraignment of Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com, another activist who was arrested in the very same place, that same court lobby, for using his video recorder. And you were arrested, charged with disorderly conduct and a handful of other things. They ended up changing around the charges. What were the charges that you ended up being taken to trial for? Uh, so, uh, resisting arrest is the one original of the four that stuck. Mm-hmm. And then they added a new one, common law criminal contempt. Were they trying to prove the contempt charge to, uh, during the, the trial? I didn't hear much about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, at the end of the trial, of course... Um, do we want to give this away this early? I, I guess so. Uh, their attorney actually came up to mine and said, you know, I think you guys, won, beat both of these charges. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting that uh, that he would come up and admit something like that. Uh, like, hey, it's dude, interesting. why are you prosecuting if you don't think you had a case? Just right. doing and his job. This right. is the part that bothers, disturbs me the most out of it. Because I, I certainly, I went to this and, and uh, you know, it seems so very odd to me that uh, the judge that uh, basically held you in, in jail for no good reason days. for 58 days is deciding whether or not he acted properly. Um, and that's just dumb. However, when this guy came up, this is the other jaw-dropping portion of this. Is uh, this 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 guy says, "Oh yeah, I think you're right," and um, you know, I think this is terrible. And he's prosecuting you. What is the what what? Well, I don't think we should pull the lever on the Jews, but well, it's my job. Yeah, I, I mean, he's just you know, what kind of morality is this? And Ian, the thing that you missed because you were sequestered in the back room and what I've been dying to tell you is uh, after I was arrested for the shortly after leaving the trial the first time about a month ago. Um, right. They had a cop outside uh, eyeballing you. You'd gotten in your car and apparently the, your license had been suspended for some reason. Instead of doing you a favor and saying, oh, Sam, you can't drive. Uh, you know, we found this out. Your license has been suspended because they knew uh, right. that it had been. They just waited for you to get in and start driving, and they they got you. Yes, and Eli Rivera had just, the the police prosecutor, the one bringing the charges against me, had just been on the stand with my attorney talking to him, asking him questions, saying, are there any emails that, no, everything's in the case file, everything's in the case file. He asked him, is there any other correspondence? And you can see on the video, he licks his lips, he puts his lips inside of his mouth, and then he touches his nose, and then he leans back in his chair after he says no. 
that all th- those are classic signs that he's deceiving, that he's lying, that you know there's something going correspondence on. Correspondence about what? I'm sorry, what was the correspondence? Anything, anything related to the facts in the case to me. So has he done any other investigation? Are there any other files that you have? Have you done any other searches? Mm. He had searched and looked up my driving record, according to uh, Peter Thomas, the one who arrested me, and uh, one of the other lieutenants knows. So apparently they've been discussing this around the police station. It's like shooting fish in a barrel for them. Um, And then he got on the stand and perjured himself, and he also received a official subpoena asking for copies of any of these documents to be brought to court with him on that day, and he brought no documents. Hmm. So essentially their star witness got up on the stand and lied, and you know we had motions that were filed before court even started that asked the charges to be dismissed for prosecutorial misconduct, which if it gets kicked out on that, it really opens the door for a civil suit. Which could mean a settlement and a lot of good things happening for the liberty movement after that. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so this has been quite a journey for you, Sam. I mean, having a re- arrived here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, the early part of this year, back in January, three months later, you're in jail uh, for recording video in a public place. I mean, that alone was so outrageous, and it, we parlayed that into a, you, you got on uh, Judge Napolitano's Freedom Watch show, and uh, it, it, there was also a, a Boston Globe article that uh, that mentioned you, and there's a lot that, that came out of uh, the time that you spent there. Now you were let out after 58 days. They basically pushed you out uh, the, the door. The trial was set. Part one was like a month ago, and then they had to because it was just going on so long they had to set another trial another date to continue the trial which was today i i I don't know if we should just i don't know how much of this we should recap or talk about because we've talked about it a lot in the past but i know we have new listeners every night so i think we've touched on the basics that sam was arrested for nonsense uh for for recording in this public court lobby held because what we didn't mention is you were held for 58 days because they were demanding that you give them your so-called legal name and you were remaining silent on that issue. You'd given them your fingerprints, and you'd, you'd talk to them about some other things, but you'd refuse to give your name. So you're using your so-called right to remain silent in that way. And the, this judge was punishing you for this mm-hmm. by just holding you in this prison cell. And that's what you're saying the civil suits, beyond the, the fact that the prosecutor lied, the civil suit would also come into the, the play where they held you for 58 days, right? Yeah, and then there's also the issue of the bracelet that I had on that got tangled in the handcuffs. I'm screaming and letting them know that that's cutting into my wrist, and they're telling me, you know, oh, louder, louder, play Laugh it, it up, up for your or friends. play it up, yeah. You know, they, they continued that once they dragged me off into another room outside of the public view completely again. So the the jail also participated in this and that my uh, counsel came to see me. They came, they came up to the max security cell they had me in, said, do you want to process? I still wasn't participating with them at that point. And so then they left and went back down and stairs and told her that, oh, we told him you were here. He threw himself on the floor and said he didn't want to <laughs> want to move. So they lied and denied me access to counsel, which, you know, there's just so many things. It really goes to show you that if you want to exercise your rights, that, you know, if you want to remain silent, if you want to do all the things that they say they're there to, to protect, that you're not a human being to these people. You're you, you don't have rights unless you cooperate with their uh, their processes, whatever they determine them to be. And they're not even based on the law. 
in this arrest for the driving offense after the immediately after the last uh, first part of the trial, I was charged again with uh, refusing to be processed because um, I wouldn't answer questions like my name, date of birth, social security number. Uh, and he was actually the police officer sitting there making the claim that he can't physically take my fingerprints without me answering all of these questions. And the social security numbers covered under the Privacy Act. It's illegal for him to ask that to require that question be answered. So you're saying they that uh, in order to fingerprint you, they're claiming you have to answer a whole bunch of questions. Yes. Not just be fingerprinted, but answer every question they ask you. So I guess they're unable to fingerprint dead people and <laughs> identify them. Yeah, I mean, or you, they're just lying because they they've already done this once. They've already booked me. Well, is it lying when they're just making questions. stuff up? I mean, these guys don't know their own laws, right? Is it yeah, is it lying true. if they don't know what their laws yeah, are? Yeah, because they're they portraying themselves from the uh, from the the standpoint of uh, authority. So being wrong has it, it may not be lying, but being wrong has an extra onus. To it for for me, but not for them. When they bring false charges against somebody and then later decide, mm. nah, we're not going to go after this guy and like try Cassidy. and take away a year of his life or her life. Yeah, right. Cassidy, uh, one of the activists here in New Hampshire, uh, d- took her top off, walked down the street. I was there. I had my top off as well. There are a handful of other guys that were, you know, also topless, and they arrested Cassidy, but they didn't arrest any of the guys. They said on the police radio that, well, if we don't have a, uh, you know, a complaint from someone, we don't actually have a case here. But then they arrested her anyway. A few, a uh, couple weeks later, a week later, the prosecutor, Eli Rivera, sends her some mail saying, we'll drop the charges. So she had her freedom stolen from her for an hour or so. And, you know, whatever stress would have uh, been created by having to be concerned about going to court and all of that and possibly being labeled a sex offender. And then, oh, we're just dropping the charges. No problem. We're on the way here. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The features there include the archive. So if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours free at freetalklive.com, right there on the front page of the website, going back for an entire year, as a matter of fact. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose. In every genre, Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. So there's a lot that happened at the trial, but Sam, you've you've highlighted some of the things that uh, that have gone on here tonight. And of course, there were full there was full media coverage. Uh, you had your Obscure Truth Network cameras there. I think uh, at least one other activist had a camera in the courtroom. So the video footage will be available at some point, likely at freekeen.com. And there was a couple that came out from New York, drove four hours to yeah. come and watch the trial. I had no idea. They said, "Hey, Sam, good luck today." And I. I didn't know who they were. Please introduce yourself, uh, but thank you guys for coming out. Yeah, it was pretty cool. A lot, of, a lot of folks came out from all across New Hampshire, and as you say, even from all the way as far away as New York to watch this today. And, and it's, it's really turning into a movement. People are 
are coming here to New Hampshire, they're standing up for freedom, and they're getting behind those who have stood the tallest, those who, uh, who have, you know, because not everybody has the ability to spend 58 days in jail, uh, but the, even those people that don't have that ability are more than happy to show their support for those who have done so, and it's a wonderful community of people who... They're the best activists in the in the whole world, as far as I'm concerned, and, and things just keep getting better. We've got the guys from the Motorhome Diaries, motorhomediaries.com. We talked to them earlier tonight. All three of them are moving to New Hampshire when the, the motorhome thing is is done. We talked to uh, Michelle, who is an uh, income tax uh I don't know if resistor is the, the right term, tax freedom advocate. She's not paying. She's moving here to New Hampshire, and she's already active uh, where she is. So just really, there's no doubt that this is a movement, this uh, you know, this free state project movement is something that is really attracting the, the cream of the crop of the activists. And so I just want to thank you, Sam, for doing everything you've done so far, because I know that you've inspired people. Like, you were inspired to come here by some of the earlier activism, by people like uh, Russell Canning and, and Lauren Canario, some of the, yep. the the very first movers to New Hampshire that, that got out there and, and put their necks on the line. Back when there wasn't even really much of a support network for them, uh, they inspired us to come here uh, earlier, and now we've inspired other people to come, and, and they're going to make a stand, and they're going to do things. There's a guy that just showed up recently in Manchester that all of a sudden you know blew out the door and, uh, and with a bang and went into the police department holding a, a bus of marijuana in his hand and they ignored him big mike yeah i mean big mike uh, he's not the biggest uh, physically but he's big somewhere um because he's uh, got a lot of courage there's no doubt about that and and that's the kind of thing that uh, i think we need more of because i think that's that's really persuasive i was criticized recently for saying that uh, activists like big mike are in a uh, ballpark uh, all of their own and you know all be there's a lot of activists doing a lot of great things behind the scenes and I'm not disparaging those folks, you know, that, that's, that's, there's a place for those, you know, that kind of activism. That's what most people will be able to do because it doesn't take a lot of risk. But I still stand by my statement that people like Big Mike, uh, who are willing to take that risk, are in a completely separate category of, of activism. Because with risk comes great reward, in my opinion, because Big Mike is taking risks He's attracting more people, or because Sam is taking a risk, he's, you guys are attracting more people here, and I think those are going to be the more of the doer types rather than the you know, toiling quietly behind the scenes, getting things done. There's a, there's a point to that, but uh, I don't think they're in the same group. Well, yeah, you know, behind the scenes is absolutely critical. We need those people, and we need a lot of those folks. I think, though, it takes a special kind of person to be able to do some of the, you know, jail stents or or whatever it is, what Mike is doing, in, in that it, it has to be approached. You, you have to be able to go into these situations and uh, stay at peace at, without getting angry over the circumstances or the situation. And a lot he seems of people, to have that down, by the way. I've seen footage of uh, yeah. what he's doing. He's he's definitely coming at his activism from a a loving approach. He's not angry at all. Yeah, and that's and what works. That's what it takes. Absolutely. So uh, so anyway, that's just kind of a recount of of everything that's happening so far here. And there's there's so there's so much happening. I mean, there's Big Mike with the marijuana, Cassidy with her topless arrest. That's just within the last two weeks. Sam, you just had your trial today. Uh, rumor has it there's there might be another topless uh, outreach event here at at some point while it's still summertime here in New Hampshire. So there's a lot happening, and there's and you know the behind the scenes political stuff is going on, and they're having some success too. So if that's what uh, turns you on, there's uh, there's a lot of opportunities there as well. Come on up here, Free State Project. Now, uh, positive things that don't necessarily have to do with the Free State Project. We mentioned uh, earlier this week and last night that we have this top ten list. 
And Mark, you have yeah, it. I've been wanting to get to it, and this is a uh, it's it's over at freeagents.com. That's f r three three agents.com, and it's by Stuart Brown. And I think it's a I think it's a good article. Um, it's free talk, FTL inspired. Yeah, actually. not not to mention the free talk live is the first uh, the three words in the article. Free talk live spent the first hour of a recent show discussing ten ways to maintain a positive attitude. It was a welcome break from the political discussion for those of us who follow the show and the sort of conversation that's important to libertarian types to have once in a while. If you understand the value of personal liberty and free exchange, it's easy to get mired in sadness at how government is rapidly destroying both. Uh, spend enough time reading and talking about the destructive actions of the government, and you're bound to get depressed. Yep. Get depressed, and you're less likely to have any positive impact on the liberty movement. So... For anyone feeling depressed about the state of the world, I now present 10 things that you can be positive about. Number one, even as the government holds humanity back, technology continues to propel us forward. I'm writing this column on a computer I bought a few months ago for $500. My current computer is processing power and memory um, that would have cost me 10 grand or more just a few years ago and wasn't possible a few years before that. Despite government's best efforts to hold back entrepreneurs, manufacturing processes continue to grow more efficient, scientific breakthroughs continue to happen, leisure time continues to expand, and people throughout the world continue to rise out of poverty. I put this one first because it spreads uh, uh, deep into the next nine. Improved technology has given liberty lovers many reasons for hope, and it really has. Technology is the... That's why we're here. Well, it's in ge- in general, technology has provided freedom uh, to the, everybody all along um, history, and I think it's I think it's really great. And um, you know, it's it's it it just kind of speaks to how the government tries its best to diminish technology, but it still continues to step forward. The market is an amazing uh, mechanism. Absolutely, the internet is the new Gutenberg printing press, but it puts yes. the power in the hands of the people. I mean, anyone... so did the Gutenberg printing press. You right, know? but the the masses couldn't afford the machine, and it, you know there was certainly a cost. Nowadays, but they I'm, got the information. I'm buying the the book, and I get the equivalent of the printing press. I mean, my my cell phone can be used to yep. publish content on, to, to to millions of people, and if I can write something that's interesting, then you know they'll come out and read it. Yep. It's reshaping society. It's happened every single time, and it what results is the government or the the religion or whoever's established controlling others loses some of that control and it comes back to the people there's more here that was number one of ten we'll continue on this list of ten things to be uh, excited about happy about positive about for the future of uh, freedom more coming up here you take control uh, chime in or bring up anything it's free talk live Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features include the Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan. Just go to facebook.freetalklive.com and click become a fan. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. 
And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows uh, that, uh, that you want to keep your money, or you want to get your money, rather, and keep your clients as well. So they've trained their employees in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. So they'll come back. SACL CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We are talking about the 10 things from free agents, uh, fr33agents.com. 10 things to be excited about as far as the future of liberty is concerned. Uh, because there's a lot of negative news out there. There's a lot, I mean, you can, we can fill three hours with all of the bad news about what the government's doing and the, the rise of the police state and tyranny and all of that. But let's uh, continue this positive stuff, Mark. What, what Number two, the de- decentralization of information is here. For most of the 20th century, ideas and information in America were largely controlled by two institutions closely tied to the state, the media and the academy. The Internet has blown that wide open. Add in Twitter, Facebook, Mm. Dig, and the like, and the distribution channels for decentralized information have become decentralized, too. We are in a world where any article written on any website has as much chance of being read in mass as something published in the New York Times. Pretty much. Did you know that there was uh, there was something I saw on the LouRockwell.com blog? MIT has released their entire curriculum for free to the internet. Did you oh, know boy. that? Mm-hmm. You wow. want to talk about some serious a major step in uh, decentralizing information and, and just making it available. Do you think that's going to mean that people aren't going to go to MIT in the future? No. no. <laughs> They're going to see that. They're going to see, wow, you know, these guys are pretty great. The courses are great. I'm going to send my kid to MIT. Uh, and for those that can't afford it, they'll benefit from the information too. I, I don't think it's going to affect MIT's uh, value as a, or worth in any way at I think all. it'll increase, increase demand. In, yeah. yeah, it'll increase demand. Anyway, just as an aside, go ahead. Number three, libertarian ideas once... Confined to the fringe are getting heard, and the movement is growing. It's a bigger fringe. Um, last year's mm-hmm. Ron Paul for president campaign, the, this spring's Tea Party protest, the summer's town halls, chart-topping success of books like Meltdown by Tom Woods and uh, Ron Paul's forthcoming In the Fed are uh, a phenomena that would have been unheard of ten years ago. And it's it's really true. You're not, it's, it's really Though true. I'd hesitate to describe the... the uh, what happened at the town halls or the the Tea Party days as libertarian? I, I would I, hesitate. It, it 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 is even if it's only. I understand that it has the danger of being uh, couched as Republican uh, uh, campaigning. However, they are speaking libertarian type rhetoric. Some of it's just this ultra conservative well, type been rhetoric. Speaking that for a long time. Fine, I'll take it. You don't want that? No, no, it's it's fine. I'm just saying. I don't know if that's really something you can categorize as uh, explicitly I, I think that the difference here is that we had an all-Republican uh, government from 2000 to 2006. We've got an all-government, all-Democrat government now from 2008 to at least 2010. To me, what that means, and I could be wrong here, but it means to me that the American people, at least some of them will be shown, look, you can have one or the other, and they both stink. Yeah. And I think that that's what's different right now. I yeah. don't think we've ever had that. I think people are waking up to the red-blue paradigm. They're seeing that it doesn't matter. Government's just going to take more of, the, more of their money, and they're, not, they're never going to stop. They're never going to get enough. Mm. And, and he goes on to say, and while many, these, some of these may not be activities that are terribly productive, the mere fact that they are happening is a big change that gives me hope. Number four. 
more and more libertarians are coming to realize that a free society won't come about via the voting booth. And, you know, here, here we go again, <laughs> right? And we can expect the number of people with that understanding to grow. It's true. Uh, it's that? a true statement. I mean, th- there have been liberty-minded people that have been running for office for a long time, and they haven't gotten anywhere. So there has to be a multifaceted approach. I agree with that entirely. You can't just stay where you are and vote for libertarian candidates and get any kind of result. But I do think that if you move geographically to one area that you can have some results and that it will lessen the amount of damage done to your friends, your neighbors, and the, um, your, and the people that that's live all, around you. That's all true. But if you're just moving to the same area and voting, it's not going to be as effective as moving to the same area, creating your own media, Absolutely. putting out your own newspapers, Absolutely. television shows, radio programs, but and all that. But voting is attacked as though it's evil. And that's really where the problem comes in for me on these this anti-voting yeah, thing. I think we hashed that out earlier. Yes, we did. All right. Anyway, I, like many of you, am an advocate for the movement to get away from Washington politics. I am, too. And move toward more direct strategies like secession. But that's a relatively new development in my thinking. A few years ago, I would have been one of those volunteers canvassing for Dr. Paul. A few years before that, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh. Mm. Me, too. A lot can change in a few years. Yep. The journey from government... Well, Rush Limbaugh was great until uh, Bush got elected. The journey from uh, government school drone to free thinker with some understanding of how the world works is, for most people, a gradual one. And we have tens of millions of people who, via the Internet, have just taken their first steps. Yeah. Over time, we can expect many of them to learn the same lessons that we did and arrive at the same place we are now. Where we are now leads to number five and six. I'm saying we, so I'm not exactly sure, but there are a lot of Americans speaking openly of nullification and secession. I wrote more of this in a new strategy for liberty, secession, three easy steps. And I'm, I've read that, and it's a great article, too, so go read it. Number six, we have at least three well-organized efforts at sidestepping the ugly political process and cutting straight to a much more free society. Free State Project is moving, in my eyes, as a growing is growing quite nicely. It's a movement that is growing quite nicely. The Seasteading Institute is a well-funded, and it is a first stab at a society on the water. It's imminent. Renowned economist uh, Paul Romer is now touring the world promoting charter cities. If any one of these ideas meets its objectives, the game is permanently changed. And I'd like to know more about what a charter city is. Well, we're going to have to have Mr. Romer on and talk about it then. I don't know. I'd just like to know more. Not necessarily. I'm kind of tired of guests personally, but go on. Number seven. The flat worlders are correct. Thomas Friedman's millennium era bestseller, The World is Flat, predicted that the laying out of fiber optic cables around the globe would have a bigger impact than we knew. He was right, of course. Today, you are likely to be chatting with someone in Pakistan about the trouble with your software, speaking on the phone with someone from India about your cell phone bill, and competing with a kid from China to win an engineering contract for your firm. This sort of opening in the marketplace has made the world far more productive and is lifting hundreds of people, hundreds of millions, excuse me, out of poverty. The impact of a flattening world cannot be overstated, in addition to permanently yanking people out of poverty. Number eight. The flat world, and uh, yeah, I don't like this term because it confuses people. It it, it harkens back to the old. Uh, um, uh, you what know, does idea it mean? The world's flat. Uh, the world is getting smaller. The communication is increasing. Communication is bringing people closer together. Yeah. I would say the flat world is a decentralizing work in the West. More than a million people make a living on eBay. Living. Another 100,000 or more do freelance work on sites like Elance and Guru, Etsy, Altpac, Pros, I don't even any, know any of these things, Rent-A-Quarter, and hundreds of more are changing the way people do transactions. If you're young, 
You are so accustomed to living on Facebook to record a tune with your band and upload it uh, for sale right away to buy and uh, buying and selling used college textbooks on the internet that you don't even know how radically different and better the world of business is than even just a few years ago. Mm. Man, buying and selling textbooks used to really stink. And can you imagine how the, the costs of cutting an album uh, the way it was for a band? Oh my gosh, it's, it's you have to rent a studio different. and all that. Yeah. You can still do studio work, and I mean, the studios are still valuable, but that, cutting that vinyl, it's, in, it's entirely different than that process. Mm-hmm. The Internet has made it possible for more people to do what they want to do for a living and more companies to fund and buy exactly the services they need. This, is the dual effect, this has a dual effect of, A, making, it, making us all more productive, and B, working life away from gigantic centralized corporations and towards accountable individuals. People get what they want. Centralized organizations, top-down, supply-side economics. Um, this is the kind of car you're going to get. Here you go. And that's it. The, the, the world is changing. When you're done with this article and have posted a poignant comment, go read <laughs> how capitalism saves uh, R- Ruby from corporatism. Here's an expert e- excerpt, and he goes on. But... Um, I've got more. 9 and 10, yeah. Oh, we only have 9 and 10 left? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, all right. And your calls as well. If you make them here in the remaining moments of the program, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. That's the point of the show. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Makes a big difference for us when you go and sign up to give us three bucks a month, and you get perks. You get access to the amp only call in lines, the chat room, forum, and even a uh, a commercial break free podcast. So there's a lot of reasons to amp besides just the idea of helping Free Talk Live. But it does help Free Talk Live because we take that three dollars a month in from you and we reinvest it into the show. So we use that money to market our program to more radio stations. It's because of Free Talk Live's amp program. Is why we're on over 50 radio stations now from coast to coast in the United States. Uh, it's the Free Talk Live AMP program that helps us make that happen. So please get behind the show and get some perks by going to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And another way you can help us is by buying some gold and silver. Yeah, well, help yourself, too. And yourself. Um, because we all know the economy is uh, you know, having some problems, and it seems to me the best way to protect yourself is by uh, having gold and silver. I'm a big fan of silver, and... Uh, by the looks of it, so are our listeners, because uh, mm-hmm. we got the the reports from uh, last week and on who bought what, and there was a lot of silver purchased <laughs> through uh, silver.freetalklive.com. Are they telling us how many ounces have been uh, purchased? I, I, I have a, a point. Uh, I, I didn't write it down or anything, but yes. Like more than 100? Uh, I'd say more than, yeah, yeah cool. more than 100. Cool. Um, just that quick. So... Anyway, if you want to get some silver and be prepared, uh, the prices are going up for silver. Um, you can go ahead and go to... Drat, you shouldn't have waited. Silver.freetalklive.com. Some of the prices have gone up here. The Lakota Nation Silver Round is now $22.30. What was it before, 1990 or what something? What difference like does it make? It's now $22.30. Yeah. We can find out what uh, silver was a week ago. It's still not too late. Yeah. Right. You go, you go there and get it. As a matter of fact, the Walking Liberty Half has not gone up. 
Um, huh. It's eight dollars and sixty nine cents. You can go over there and uh, get them. Get them now. The, I really think these are the best silver coin because they're usable sizes. You can use them to purchase things from people. Uh, you know, I, I mean, nine dollars is is the size of things that you purchase. Mm-hmm. So you know, instead of having a, a gold piece where you've got to buy something that's worth two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, and that's why I like silver. You can gold. use Walking Liberty halves to make transactions with your friends if you're, um, you know, of the mindset that you want to, you know, stop using Federal Reserve notes. Walking Liberty halves are perfect for this, and the shipping isn't bad on them either. Either silver.freetalklive.com. Go over there and check them out. All right. Uh, so we're going to continue here with the ten things. To be positive about, there yep. are some. There's, it's not all doom and gloom out there. There's a lot of really exciting things to point out about where we're going to uh, in society yep. and with technology and all of that. The story is from FreeAgents.com. Fr33, the elite speak. Fr33Agents.com. Go and ahead. it's written by uh, Stuart Brown, and I, I really like the article. And I was going to go to directly to number nine here. There was just a little bit left on eight, um, but I think that this is important enough to, to drag over to the next segment. Segment. So I want to talk. Finish up what um, number eight here. Okay. There was an excerpt, right? Yeah. From the reason that we see corporations, especially large corporations, making stupid and evil decisions. Take a look at the RIAA in the music industry. Mm, yeah, cannibalizing due, their own customers. Yeah, is due to a crisis of identity. The participants in the corporations have in the corporation have begun or long completed the process of seeing the corporation as an entity unto itself for which they do not have direct responsibility. The decentralization of work is fighting that lack of direct responsibility. People people working for themselves, even part time are capitalists. They are forced to take responsibility for their actions and their work. They must give the customer what the customer wants or not get paid. Mm -hmm. The money that is stolen from them in taxes is right in their face, rather than just a deduction from a paycheck. As more and more people leverage the power of the Internet to turn their own talent into money, more and more people are going to see the state for the sham that it is. Yeah, those corporations that are, like you say, the RIAA, that think that they can force people to buy their products, yep. uh, are you know, they're going to find out the hard way that they're just, even though they've gotten some judgments against some moms and grandmas and kids out there for hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can't get blood from a stone. Yep. You know, So uh, they're going to find out the hard way that uh, turning off their customers and attacking their customers is just going to make it much more difficult. And a lot of people, as he says, are starting up businesses on the Internet. Uh, we have an advertiser on the show, TrustedCoins.com. You know, he's, he's doing it all on his own. He is selling these ancient coins, and he's selling them out on the Internet, and he's trying to find the rates that people want by using uh, you know, sites like eBay and then iOffer and things like that. It's, you know, this is the, I believe it is the, way of the wave of the future because people don't have to take a cut by working for a company. They can get all the profits that they work for themselves mm-hmm. now with the Internet. That communication is possible. Number nine, current system is in collapse. I know that Hardly sounds like a reason to be happy, but we are here near the end of the list, and I'm writ- I, I've written myself into such a sunny place that I'm trying to see the darkness out there as reason to be hopeful. Yes, times are tough right now, and there are lots of reason to believe that the economy will continue to be bad or even get worse. The government's response to the meltdown it created left all the underlying problems intact and created monumental new problems that will cripple or topple the global economy. Yeah, their solutions have just exacerbated things and maybe put off some of the damage for a little while. Three hundred thousand dollars of national debt is now attached to every American. I don't think the government. I don't, I don't it, know it. 
Yeah, I don't know it either. Um, I don't, but I don't think the government's going to be around to, to enforce that three hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. <laughs> Personally, I just don't think the American government is going to be. That's my opinion in the form that it is today. Yeah, their times run out. That's my opinion. The FDC, F, FDIC is broke. The entitlements are bankrupt. Washington is completing its fifty-year march to take over health, the healthcare system, and a flood of Federal Reserve funny money uh, waits in the wings for the right moment to pour into the economy at large and screw up everything. So what's the positive spin on the collapse of the system? Why would I call this something to be happy about? For the past hundred years, the world has been organized in a giant, into giant nation states, each dominated by a bloated central bureaucracy. But there is a theme in these ten bullet points, and it isn't terribly um, compatible with the current political organization of the world. Technological change, a flat world nullification, secession, free-stating, seasteading, charter states, libertarian ideas, decentralization. There's no doubt in my mind that number nine is true. The nation states of the world cannot stop spending money they don't have. They know they must stop, but they can't. And it's the nature of democratic republics. All the controls the United States and others have put in their governments have now broken down. It's inevitable. We can expect our government to continue running rampant. It will continue its brazenness and its sheer stupidity. That's what's um, happening now, and it will only get worse and worse, and with e- um, and we will reach a tipping point, and it will be time for a change. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. I mean, we're here because of what they've done, right? Would Free Talk Live be here doing this show if the government was taking a 1% of people's money instead of 40% right. or 50%? Uh, please, I mean, 40 or 50. Every, every step that the police state takes opens new people's eyes. I mean, we had the lady call in, uh, 60 years old from Florida, on a recent Saturday show telling us about how a police officer had run into her with his uh, car and then the thin blue line closed around him and protected him. And she was, you know, sh- shocked and outraged and won't ever trust cops again. Uh, as a result of that, stories like that, when the police state touches your family, when the I, police state touches you or your more, loved ones, more accurate to w- refer to it to, as the warfare welfare state. Okay, that, that's because it's not just the police; they're, yeah. they're not just the problem. If we got rid that's of true. all the police tomorrow, I don't think we'd necessarily be in that much better of a position. Well, when they touch your family uh, and extract your wealth or hurt, hurt one of your loved ones, that's when it's, that's when most people are going to wake up. I, I, I wish it didn't take that. You know, I wish it wasn't going to – maybe it won't eventually. Maybe eventually people will just start paying attention. But everything they do that's tyrannical creates more people on our side. The big social change almost always comes seemingly – Is this number 10? It is. This okay. is number 10. The big social change almost um, always comes seemingly out of nowhere. A trickle one day, a flood the next. This phenomenon, studied extensively in social sciences and popularized by Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, occurs because information spreads in exponential growth curves. The notion that we'd be better off without Washington is too radical an idea for most people today. Mm -hmm. But the number of people who hold the idea will grow as the national debt expands. As the idea of abandoning Washington grows, it gains credibility and begins growing even faster giving it more credibility, allowing it to grow even faster. In January of 1914, the world was still dominated by um, monarchical empires, regional infighting in the Austrian-Hungary uh, empire. That summer blew up into World War One, and by 1918, the monarchies that had dominated the world for centuries were toast. And democratic republics rose up to take their place. The world changed severely, rapidly, and permanently because the monarchies of Europe 
stable for centuries, had become unstable. To most of us, bloated central governments seemed inevitable because they have been the norm for generations. They have been the norm because they have been stable. And are they, are they still that way? Or is this noisy summer of tea parties and town halls the trickle of a flood that will soon be upon us? Oh, it's so exciting to be alive right now. <laughs> Vinny in here with you. And Sam, I am. And Mark. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.